snacks. Like anytime I want something, it's just it's not happening. Snacks? What? I know. It's like you know when you go to did the you kitchen. Say snacks, or did I just make that up? No, no, no. I said snacks. Oh, it's okay. like you know. You know when you go to the kitchen and you're craving something and it's not there? Every day. Well, there you go. Story of my life. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of my Not So Balanced Life podcast. I'm Allie. And I'm Natalie. And it definitely shouldn't have taken us this long to record the intro, so grab a snack and let's chat. Hey guys! Oh my god, it's been a whole week since we've chatted. Um, yes. Based on your feedback, it is time for us to change the intro. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I just wanted to go on record here that hold off. <laughs> I didn't even look at it. I looked at it this morning. I looked at it this afternoon, and I wanted to go on record right now. That half of the co-host team right now inflated the survey scores. Hold on. It literally is 70. Kick your votes out of that. 78%. You just don't want to record a new one. I'm the one who has to edit it. All you have to do is like read a script. I literally did not write And you also haven't done the anchor ad like I asked you. Like no. four months ago totally forgot to do it i will be transparent in saying that but i wanted to go on record that half half of the co-host team right now stuffed the ballot box for that survey absolutely i think it's time for a change (laughs) you do that every time anytime i have a poll (laughs) would you like me to ignore your polls friends supporting friends no, it's just hilarious because if it's something that you're really passionate about, you will vote for every single one of your accounts. Heck yeah. It's like Malu and Gray votes this, Allie and Brian votes this, unapologetically Allie votes this, my not so balanced life votes this. Look, be happy that I'm voting. I know. Which, hold on, public service announcement, kids. The primaries are coming up. Do your civic duty, my friends, if you're able to. That's all I'm saying. We don't dabble in politics here, but that's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, we will never dive into politics. I think it's obviously, I think it's pretty obvious who we stand against, um, but we're not going to go into it. Nope. Not this podcast. So, Allie, talk to us. D-Malo. D-Malo? Dimelo, yes. What are we discussing this week? So, guys, we're talking about knowing when it's time to move on. To move on from people, to move on from, like, I don't know, a situation you're in, a job, a friendship, a relationship. Knowing when to burn the right bridges. Mm-hmm. And I pulled that one from Trent Shelton's podcast. You're welcome. Oh, that was a good episode. He, was a he very got into that. Episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what we're talking about today, guys. I think we've 
touched on this subject in previous episodes, you know, when we were talking about bad friends or toxic relationships and knowing when it's time to, to, to put yourself first instead of other people. Um, but today, you know, we are really deep diving in on this. Mm-hmm. Comprende? Comprende. Okay. So now, like, I feel like maybe maybe people don't necessarily, like, discuss this openly because I feel – well, I've always been told, like, you don't want to burn bridges, mm-hmm. you know, or, like, you don't – you don't want to say the wrong thing because maybe in the future you'll need them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do like why do you think like this topic is like super important for people to to discuss openly? Um, and why why do you think it's important for us to know when it is time to like dip and be like, okay, bye. Well, I think it's hard for people to discuss because when you're moving on from something, there is an association that you're throwing in the towel on whatever it is that you're moving on from. So whether it be a job, whether it be a friendship, whether it be a relationship, um, there's a stigma that you're giving up on it because you're moving on from it. And I think I think that's hard for people to kind of discuss and for people to um, accept and to talk openly about because we, from a very young age, are taught that quitting is bad, that, um, you know, not fulfilling a commitment and not sticking through with something is is a bad reflection of you and your character and your work ethic and what is most important to you. It reflects badly on you. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like this conversation is really important to talk about because we need to kind of change the narrative a little bit and really reshape the messaging that as much as moving on from something is letting it go, it could also be a way of treating ourselves better, if that makes sense. It could be a version of self-care. It could be yeah. you know, something that we need in our need to do to better ourselves. And that's something that I feel like that narrative isn't projected out as much. Um, I, I feel like, you know, ever since, I mean, at least I can speak for myself, you know, growing up, when you gave up on something, that just was a no-no. Like you weren't allowed to do that. Um, because, you know, you are a strong girl. You, you, you were raised better than that. You have the will in you. You're just choosing not to do that. And, you know, for a really long time, I kind of struggled with this topic because not only did I associate it with this shame, if you will, but it's also really closely and intimately tied in a way to failure. Like we usually give up on something when we fail, right? Um, or or when it's uh, no longer f- fulfilling a need of something, we kind of ditch it. But it's important to view it from a different lens because sometimes you have to move on from something to move yourself forward. Um, to better. Well, your- I think it's. I, I don't mean to cut you off, but like I feel like this whole like moving on is from bad like you from like something that's bad 
Like, yeah, exactly. It doesn't even have to be something bad. Like right. these people or this job or this thing may not be bad. It's just like, it, it's just run its course yeah. and you're looking for something different. Yes. Like I think that when people are like, it's time to move on, it's just like, oh my God, like I, I must be moving on from something that is just horrific. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's like, this really isn't serving me anymore. Like it's, it was great. It's great. But I'm at a different point now and I don't need this in my life, not because it's something bad, but because I'm not learning anything from it anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and you bring up a good point. I feel like this, this topic really comes up most frequently when we're kind of at a crossroads in our life, you know, and more often than not, um, the decisions associated with kind of viewing, you know, when to pull the trigger to move forward or not are really hard, critical decisions. But to your point, these moments don't necessarily come up when it's something, something that's bad. Um, it, it could come up, you know, like you said, when something has just exhausted itself and it, it can't move forward anymore. But even so, even if it's not bad, it's still really hard for people to talk about. Um, it's, it's a little uncomfortable to, to kind of accept and embrace in part because the decision to move forward requires you to make a change. And what that change is, what it looks like is different to every person dependent on their situation. But change is uncomfortable. It's extremely uncomfortable. And I think that's why there's also a lot of hesitation and, and, and a lot of um, uh, resistance to moving forward with something. Um, so you, you bring up some really good points, but it, it all boils down to change ultimately. Yeah. And change is not fun. No. Um, yeah. It's just it's just something that needs to be just spoken about and not in a negative manner. Mm -hmm. It just is, Mm -hmm. I don't even know. Like it just needs to be spoken about like deodorant is spoke about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, tell me, so we're, we're talking about some things that, you know, are a little uncomfortable, but you know, you bring up that it's not necessarily always a bad situation. What are some things that have happened to you um, and granted, we're an open book, so like folks might already know what you have to say. But what are some things that you've moved on from? Um, you know, it could kind of be anything, but the top moments, I guess. Um, well, I've moved from away from like again. This these are all like not like they're not bad, except for some things were bad, but like. So I guess the the most recent one has been, I felt like the number of friends I've had is like, they're just dropping like flies and the ones that are still around are like the important flies. <laughs> flies? Fly. Like, you know, like they're dropping like flies. Like my, like my friend count at one point was like huge and I, I huge, I mean like not that big, but like the people that I would speak to on a daily basis was more than like four people, you know? Mm-hmm. And there just came a point that I was like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing here? You know? And this whole like in, 
intros introspection. Is that even a word? No, it is. You're good. All right. it. It, It started after read, after starting to read personal development. And it was, you know, if you're not, if you don't look around and see people that you admire and you want to be like, and you want to learn from, Mm-hmm. you might need to change the people that you're surrounded by. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong. These people that are no longer in my life are good people. There is nothing wrong with them. I just wanted something more. I wanted something different. I don't, I don't see myself in a traditional like view of a life. Mm-hmm. I, And Natalie knows this. Like, I feel like my, I'm like a true Aquarius when it comes to dreaming. I dream of this life for me and for Brian that is nothing like my parents had and nothing like I've been taught in school, nothing that I've been taught that a normal family is. Like, that's where my mind goes, you know, and they ask me what like your perfect life is. And it's, it's, not a traditional one. So, you know, I was surrounded by people that didn't see that for their life and didn't see growth as as something necessary. And I was like, nah, like I I need to do something more. Like I can't just be here and do nothing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to look back on my life and wish I would have done something else or taken that chance. So it just, in, in a lot of like, you know, my friendships that have like kind of fizzled out, um, some have been like forced out and then some have just kind of like just disappeared. Um, it's, they're not bad people. I just, I I don't, I don't want to say I don't find value in them because that sounds fucking horrible, but I don't think they benefit from me because I'm going to constantly push the boundaries. I'm going to constantly push. And a lot of people don't, don't understand that I, I, I don't like to live in a bubble. I don't like to do what people tell me to do. Mm -hmm. Like I, I find it very frustrating when people are like, well, you should really do this. And I'm like, how about you mind your own fucking business, Carol? Like stay over there. Like I just, I I don't like it. And when people judge me for having these really big dreams or aspirations or, or even just like thoughts, I don't like being judged for that. So when the people around me are just like, I like doing the same thing every day and not growing and, and, and blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to be like you. Well, I think, um, I think you're kind of touching on something that Trent, uh, brought up on his podcast too, which is, I can't, I can't remember what episode it was. It was either maybe six or seven. Um, but he, he was talking about like what to, what to do if you basically like don't have people in your corner, like supporting you. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that he said was sometimes the people closest to you 
are the most resistant. Oh, yeah. It's the video he put out a few, I want to say like four years ago, where it's like your friends are not your friends. Well, he hit the point that was really sticking out to me is that the the people, um, what he, in his words, the people that are closest to you are probably the most resistant in supporting you in a change or in you going for a goal or something like that because they have this predefined image of you that they stand correct Mm -hmm. and they can't get past the hurdle of what they expect expect you to be what they expect you to do what they expect you to look like and all these different things like how you fit in their world correct Mm -hmm. and as soon as you start start diverting away from this uh, uh box that they've put you in Correct. This box, this pre-developed version um, that they have placed you in, into being and in, in, in view you as, they really struggle with accepting a new version of you because it for them, it's requiring them to change. It's, it's not so much that your change is an issue. It's more that they are being forced to view you differently because of your change. And for a lot of people, that's uncomfortable. And I, and I think it's interesting that you say that too, because if I'm thinking of the situation correctly that you were talking about, it, you were kind of going through a lot at that time. Um, yeah. Cause that's when Brian, that's when Brian was, you know, still traveling for work. So you guys were essentially still long distance. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, all you, all you really had outside of, of your group was your thoughts, right? So when you're being put in a situation like that, it really forces you to, to look inward on what it is that you really want. And it's not so much that they weren't of value to you. It's that when you did that, you realize that they weren't providing you what you needed to grow. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, well, I think it was like, okay, so I think it's because they're, they, I put so much value in them. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. this is it. I put so much value into them that when I needed them and they didn't show up, mm-hmm. I was like, okay. So that's where I stand, mm-hmm. right? So they're my numbers, two, three, four, five, six, and I'm there, two hundred. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've talked about that before on the podcast. Yeah, well, and the thing is, too, you're you were you were giving so much of yourself to it, and and it wasn't something that was being reciprocated. So it's like you know, it not only defines really quickly you know, where you stand in the sand, if you will, but it also really defines like, what is this relationship doing for me? Is this, is this helping me? Is this helping me be a better person in myself? Is it, is it fulfilling my true needs, which are needs for love, needs for, you know, um, companionship and friendship? Like if I'm not getting these things, then I need to make a change. Um, and I mean, again, change. That's going to be like a a, a topic that's, or a word that's frequently mentioned in this discussion, because knowing when to move on is completely contingent on when you, as the person that is moving forward, is willing to embrace the change. If you are not comfortable enough with, one, yourself and where you're at, to Mm -hmm. the situation that you're in and, and what changing means for that, 
then you aren't ready to take the leap of faith. But when you come to terms and you're like, all right, Allie, Natalie, I've come to this crossroads in my life. I'm ready to make a pivot, you know, and you're willing to take the leap of faith and move forward with that and know that no matter what, I'm going to take this jump and, and I, and I got it. Like I got it. Then you're ready to move forward. Yeah. Um, but until that point though, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, friends aside, because I feel like I've talked about friends a lot, but <laughs> when I think about like past relationships and when it was time to move on, I think of one relationship and it's not the one that I spoke about in toxic relationships because you guys can go back and listen to that one. Oh my God. Sorry. Bring a tear, bring, bring a tear, bring a tissue. Um, <laughs> if you listen to that episode, but it was, I, I don't think he listens to the podcast, but it was my first relationship in college and it like I could feel us like pulling apart and we'd been together for maybe a year and a half to like two years and I'm a relationship type of gal. Okay. I love being in a relationship now. Like I'm in like a permanent one now, but like back then I loved being in a relationship. <laughs> um, but you know, I felt us like drifting apart and you can feel it. Like it is, it is like you it feels like tangible. Like you could just like grab onto the, the distance and the detachment. And I texted him and I was like, so I feel like we're growing apart. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. He was like, he was like, yeah, I feel that too. So he's like, I think you need to come over after your class. So granted, I didn't think we were going to like end it. So I get there and I'm like, hey, how's it going? You know, and he's like, so I think we should take a break. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> I was just like, I just sat there. I was like, I'm sorry, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> so you want to take a break? What does that mean? Like, I can't talk to you anymore? Or, oh, God. <laughs> like, I had never been told, like, let's take a break. You know, for right. me, it was, it was, we are, or we aren't, you right. know, you're either all in or you're not exactly. And, um, you know, a few weeks later, he comes knocking on my door, on my virtual door, which is through Facebook. Um, <laughs> oh, so much worse. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he was like, I wrote you a poem and I'm like, bitch, what? Like, you went from let's take a break to I wrote you a poem. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so, so I read the poem and I'm at my friend's dorm room because we were in dorm rooms back then. And all we could, like, they really liked him. And they're like, oh, my God, that's so sweet. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You're supposed to be on my side. It's not sweet. It's stupid. So, okay, fast forward. He asks me to hang out. And I'm just like, oh, sure, why not? So then he proceeds to tell me that he hooked up with this girl that I did not like that he was friends with Ooh. back from his hometown. And I'm like, so is this you trying to get back together with me or not? Because clearly we're not doing this right. <laughs> so, so then my mind goes, as every girl goes, so you wanted to take the break so you could have sex with another girl. That's what you said? Heck yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not playing these games. Good, good for you. And – he was like, no. And I'm like, that's funny because that's exactly what you did. 
but my dumbass got back together with him. Who can relate? Who can relate to that? Okay. We you weren't really like a like, support no. group for idiots. Um, but yeah, okay. So whatever. We were dating, and this is the part where, where it's time to let go. Sorry. Like, that was a, a whole backstory for one we freaking story. story. We um, need the skinny. Yes. So I got super sick. I got so, 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 so sick. I had tonsillitis, and I didn't obviously know what was happening. I thought I was like, I have to go to the hospital. So I didn't – like, I had to call him, even though he was the last person I wanted to call. And once he took me all over creation to find, like, a doctor, and I finally got home, and he was sitting next to me on the couch, and I looked over, and I'm like, you could literally be anybody, and I would feel the same way. Like, you could be the upstairs neighbor that tried to make me buy his welfare stamps for food. Like, you could be that person on my couch right now, and, like, it would – like, I would feel nothing. Like, I don't feel anything right now. Woof. And, um, yeah, I kind of said that to him. And at that point I was like, okay, like this, this has been like a fun little, let's kind of get back together because I feel bad and I'm don't want to be alone. So we'll do this. But I wasn't into it. Like I, all, when I, when I looked at him, all I could see was the other girl you know, and I was like, well, this is kind of a waste of time for me. I'll know about you, but I'm not happy. And that's when I was just like, what are we doing? What are we doing? You know, and I, well, he says that he broke up with me the day before Valentine's Day, but I would like to say that I initiated the breakup. I'm like, you can have your moment. Like, you can be the one that said you broke up with me. Like, that's totally fine. Like, do do you, boo-boo. I don't care. But it was, yeah. It was like I felt nothing. Like, nothing. And when I felt, when I feel like that about other things, like, other things that I'm doing, like, I don't have a connection to it, I'm like, okay, it's time to pack my bags. It's time to, to hit the road. Like, I, I can't stay for this I don't even know for these people, for this thing, for like a job that I don't like, you know, like when you start feeling like that detachment, that's when you need to be like, what is going on? Do I need to leave or do I want to fight for this? Uh, But like, so, so great. You answered question number two. (laughs) Oh, look at me. Look at that. It's like, how do we plan that or something? Honestly, my phone had timed out, so my my phone was just black, so I had no idea what even question two was. No. I, well, the question was, how did we know when it was time for us to move on from something? And you hit the nail right on the head, which is you felt detached from it. It wasn't it wasn't fulfilling you anymore. It wasn't it wasn't adding purpose into your life or, or fueling you to, you know something more than what you're what you were or what you are doing right now because obviously there are things that we're going through now um you know that we have to make decisions on like you know things with our careers things with friendships like this is all relevant today for us now yeah um but it all boils down to exactly what ali just said which is the the realization that something is no longer fulfilling you. <laughs> yep. And 
you know, I like there's been many moments like for me with moving on, like, I mean, there's obviously my past relationship where I was cheated on and tried to quote unquote make it work, but like a Tim, Tim Gunn moment, um, for all my project runway people out there, um, obviously today moved on from that and look where I'm at. I'm, I'm married to my husband now, um, past career opportunities, past jobs, like, um, you know, even though at the time it was the quote unquote dream job, it, there was a massive crossroads that I had to confront with that job where I realized what was more important to me to go to a place of, of work for basically a paycheck. Cause that's where I really felt like I was at the end of my rope there. Um, or do I want to, to move on from this and, fi- and find a place and a career that is really going to re-excite me about my profession? Um, and obviously, I moved on from that too, you know, and I'm in an amazing company with, and work with amazing people and have a career that I actually see a career from now. Um, but both of those moments for me um, granted, they were some of the hardest moments for me to go through, but both of them boiled down to the realization that this thing, this person, this um, job opportunity is no longer fulfilling me in a way that is positive and is no longer giving um, giving me purpose that is beyond just the basic needs, if that makes sense. Like, especially for, for, for a career move, like I might be, I might be a very unique case. So I'm going to just premise everything that I'm about to say in the next 30 seconds with that statement, because I know situationally, this is not the same for everyone. And I understand the reasons as to why, because of bills, because of, you know, financial situation, like I get that. But for me, what is more important to me when it comes to a job is the feeling of fulfillment. And again, I am an anomaly in that case. I know that's not the, that's not Allie's giving me a smirk over here. <laughs> but I know I'm an anomaly in that case because for me, it's like I am I'm motivated more by the type of work that I do and by the people that I work with than I am by a paycheck. Um, and that's again, not the case for everybody, but that is the case for me. So the second that I, and I've had direct conversations with leaders about this before, the second that I'm not feeling a sense of fulfillment from my work here is the moment that I will look for another job. Like it, it, that's just what it boils down to because I am the type of person that wants to continuously accelerate myself. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know you know, what projects that means I inherit. Like, I don't, I don't know visually what that means, but I just know that I am constantly wanting to push myself to be more. So the second that I'm not getting that, the second that I feel that that fundamental need and fundamental value to me is not being fulfilled is the second that I move on from something. Um, so, you know, I think one of the critical themes around what, around when it's time, right, in parentheses to know, is really around understanding when whatever it is that you are moving on from is no longer servicing a fundamental value or fundamental need in your life. 
Um, and, and, and that's not easy, especially with careers. Like, I mean, here's the thing, you guys, like bills, they do not, they do not stop coming in no matter what season of life you're going through. Um, so making the leap of faith to pivot careers, that is huge because you spend more time with your coworkers, um, than you do with your family in some cases. And ultimately, what you make on the job dictates your home life. It dictates the kind of life that you can have and the kind of life that you can see fulfilled from a dream standpoint. So I'm not saying that coming to terms with a career not servicing you is easy, so therefore I need to pivot careers. That's not the case at all. But what I am saying is you shouldn't be a martyr to the cause if there are fundamental issues with that job, with that relationship, with that friendship that are no longer being met. And if you can say that to your face, say that this is what's happening and this is the side effect of this and this is no longer fulfilling X, Y, Z need, if you can have a blunt conversation with yourself about that, then you are willing to pivot into something new. Yup. <laughs> so segueing that beautifully, Allie. Honestly, <laughs> yup. What are some signs that we need to be aware of when something needs to change? Well, we kind of already kind of like touched on that. Um, but we will run through them again for you. Um, it's, I mean, for me at least, the biggest thing is detachment. Because if I don't feel connected to something, I'm not going to care about it. And that I'm just being very, very honest. Like if there is nothing like, like making me feel anything, I, I do not care. I won't even give things a second thought. So if for me, at least if something stops mattering, mattering, Oh, that one. That's not a word. <laughs> the first you had, you had it with introspection. You missed it with mattering. <laughs> if something stops holding weight in my life, occupying space. Sure, it's got to go. And you know what? I just feel like right now I'm at like a point in my life that I could take the left fork or the left turn or the right turn. Mm -hmm. I posted about it in my stories that like I have some stuff going on that I'm just like, I don't really know what to do. And my friend Stephanie wrote me this morning. I've known her since. No, not that, not that stuff. Okay, to the stuff that might be listening, you're still yes. the best. So she, I've known her since middle school. Like I really, I really got to know her in high school when we were in marching band together. Shout out to all my band nerds out there. What's up? Um, and she wrote me and she was like, girl, I totally relate to this fear of failure, but you're Allie fucking Marino. Literally the message she wrote me. She's like, as long as you stay true to yourself, which you always do, you're going to make the decisions that align with that. And like, she wrote me a whole other thing, but I'm not going to read it. And I was like, yeah, that's me. 
like that that's me you know obviously like that's me but it was just really really cool to have a friend reach out to me like that and I was just like I'm at this point where again like I can make a left-hand turn or a right-hand turn and I just have to like sit with myself for a little bit and like really think about where I want my life to go Mm-hmm. And it's about quality of life, which Natalie has talked about to me and on this podcast like a million times. That obviously, and she just did again. Um, but it's, you know, it's about like how you're spending your days and do they align with the other like core values that you have in your life or that you want in your life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be a stay-at-home mom for the first few years when I have kids because I don't want some ratchet person touching my child. And I'm just being very honest with you. Like I, like my kids are probably going to have an attitude problem because Brian has one and I have one, but like, that's fine. I'd rather them have an attitude problem here and not have to worry about someone nasty touching my kid. And I don't, need them instilling some random ass values in like all my children. So I would like to be a stay at home mom, but it's like, okay, when do I want to start having kids? Like, what does that look like? And then like, where, what do I need to do to be able to still support my family while also being a stay at home mom for the first few years? And then like after that, whenever they go to school, like, what am I going to do? Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's my brain goes to like five, 10 years down the road. And decisions I make now affect where I'm at to be able to make decisions five or 10 years down the road. Okay, so pause for a second. Let me, I'm, I'm going to interject. I don't usually interject. I usually let you like fulfill your thought. I, don't know. In this I case, love interjections. I'm going to pause just for one second because. Y- while you're saying that, you brought up a point that I thought about, which is change is scary, especially if you fall in the millennial bucket, which I absolutely hate that term. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what your age range is. You can be you can be a 19-year-old employee and kick ass, or you can be a you know 70-plus-year-old employee and suck. Like it, it doesn't matter. Like the stigmas with buckets and age populations, it drives me nuts, right? But one thing I will say for people that fall within our age demographic, which is, you know, millennials, you don't have to have it all figured out right now. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. And, I know. And, and I know you hear that shit. You hear it, you hear it, you hear it, but it is such a double-edged sword because for as much as you hear it, you also hear the other side of the narrative, which is you need to have your career by 25, you need to have, start a family by 30, you need to have a house by X, Y, Z, you need to be married by this, 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 like, no people, like, <laughs> I, Natalie, am putting my foot down on this narrative right now, because part of what makes this shit so hard of when to move on from something is the association that we have to have it all figured out by a certain time in our life. Mm-hmm. And what that has driven people to fear is change. What that has driven people to fear is change and to latch onto is comfort. And, you know, especially when you're young in your career 
and and because and I and I'm talking from a place of experience because this was me at my last job. When you are so young in your career, you are so afraid to make the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. And for as long as I have been growing up, it has always been said to me, Natalie, you need to find a place that you can work for 20, 25, 30 years from, and then you retire, and then you can live the best years of your life in retirement. But you want to find that one place, that one place of employment that you oh my can God. For the next 25 to 30 years of your life, and then you can retire. That sounds, no honestly, that sounds fucking horrible. Don't get me wrong. I, I, again, I am an anomaly. I, I believe in, in, um, you know, kind of committing to an organization. Although, again, difference in opinion, an anomaly here. Well, okay, so, hold on. I'm going to interject right here. Okay. You literally just said you're going to work, 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 so you can live your best years in retirement. That sounds freaking tragic. You're going to be like, like 65 and what? You're living your best years at 65? Allie, this is the narrative that I grew up in. Well, you just said like you're okay. Hold on. All right, I'm I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I I was just about to fight you. This is the narrative that's been instilled in me. That's why I'm saying it. But like, you don't actually believe that, do you? I what I said earlier in the episode. As long as I am growing, as long as I am being fulfilled in my work, I'm an anomaly because I do have organizational commitment. So as long as I have those two, as long as I have those two right now, say it again, like the baby boomers I work with right now, they stay with things, even though like they hate their jobs. But here's the thing. I don't hate my job. No, no, no. I I hate my job. Like they're so loyal to a company that Mm -hmm. to them, they're just a number. Yep. And I'm just like, you realize like you could quit and they'll find someone to replace you tomorrow. Right. Oh, 100%. But here's the thing. I had to break through the idea that I had to have it figured out by a certain age to be able to move forward with accepting a change in career. I had to break through that because it was one of those things that I'm like, all right, I'm leaving a company. That means I lose my benefits. That means, um, you know, my, my, my benefits could increase. They could be crazy expensive in, in the place that I go to now. You know, there were so many implications to making that change. And, 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 some, and it's stuff that affects your livelihood, especially with a change in career. Like, that's your livelihood. Like, you're talking about what you can or can't do when you go home that's completely tied to your career. Like those are, those are the things that make it hard. But what I had to come to terms with was what am I, what am I really sacrificing here by staying tied to something that is no longer servicing me, that is no longer fulfilling me and is no longer fulfilling my passion for what it is that I do. What am I giving up to be able to sacrifice for that position? Um, and, and when I, and when I realized that, like I, I was giving up time with Brandon I was giving up time with Brandon. I was giving up time with my friends. I was giving up time with my family, who I see my family very rarely as it is. Um, so I feel like they're here every weekend. No, 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 no. We maybe see them like once every few months, honestly. Um, but I was giving up time with with people that genuinely mean something to me. That genuinely, like, if I didn't have those people, if I didn't have those relationships in my life, I wouldn't be the person that I am. 
So what it came down to me realizing was I'm sacrificing more for a job. I'm sacrificing people that directly fulfill who I am. That's, that's what it came down to. That's why I was like, and as much as I loved what I was doing, that to me was not worth it. It wasn't worth it because the second that you start messing, not only with my livelihood, but you start messing with how I feel about myself and my ability to interact with the people that really matter to me and really dictate who I am as a person, not dictate, but influence, then, then I'm like, I need to go. Like, I need to go because I will not compromise. I will not compromise my time to my family. I will not compromise my time to my friends, my friends that really matter. Like, I, I just won't do it because at the end of the day, you're, you said it already. Like, you said it already. At the end of the day, I could leave a company and they wouldn't even blink before they replaced me. So what am I sacrificing for? Like, well, like what? If they don't value me to the level that I value them, why stay in it? And, and, and for me, that's, that's where it has come down to me embracing change. If I am not, if my values are not being valued, then I need to move on. That's just what it comes down to. Because at the end of the day, all I have are the people closest to me, mm-hmm. my husband, my family, my friends, and the values that make me who I am. And the second that shit gets messed with is the second that Natalie is out the door because I refuse to let that be compromised. Amen. Amen, sister. Mic drop. No, it's completely true. And I feel like, guys, you just can't... You just can't stay with things that just suck. Like, if if you're not happy somewhere, you have complete control and the power to to initiate change. You know, it might not be... Right this second, it might not be, you know, tomorrow, but, you know, you have full capability of being like, okay, like it's time to move forward. It's time to do this. It's time to do that. And like you can create opportunity for yourself. You just have to move. You have to move in a direction mm-hmm. instead of just sitting like stagnant. Mm-hmm. But we hope this yeah, episode. choice. Yes. You have to make the choice to move. Yep. And that's exactly that that's exactly it. So, we hope that this episode has helped you guys um kind of sit back or sit with yourselves and kind of talk through things that you might be going through if you don't like your job or if you don't like something that you're doing in your life and and you want to change something like a certain lifestyle, for example, if, if, if you're done living a certain way, like if you are done smoking, for example, if you're a smoker and you're like, I need to cut this shit out. Nobody has more control over you than you. And you're the only person who can stop buying those cigarettes, who can like throw them all away that are in your house. And you can figure out those triggers that cause you to smoke. And if it's like just this habit that you've created that you don't even think about, like you need to focus in on your daily habits and break up those cycles. Mm -hmm. Okay. That was just an example. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys smoke, but you shouldn't because you have a 98% higher risk of getting head and neck cancer. But like, I'm just saying, um, 
But yeah, we hope this episode has really like, you know, given you something that you can think about and hopefully make change and hopefully you guys can create a life that you guys freaking love and are excited to to wake up and start your day and to give back to people because that is that's what life is about is about giving to others and and opening yourself up for things to happen for you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you guys have any questions or any sort of feedback on this episode, please do not hesitate in writing us um, a message or an email or whatever. Um, we release episodes every freaking Tuesday. If you've been here for a while, you already know that. And we are on Apple podcasts and Spotify and other random platforms that I'm not even going to say because we get most of our listeners through Apple podcasts and Spotify. Yep. Um, any closing remarks, Nat? Um, just know you guys just embrace it when you feel like something is not servicing you anymore, because the last thing you want to do is stay tied to things that are not fulfilling you because soon enough, if you let fear come into the equation of making a change, and I know it's hard, I'm not even going to promote the fact that some decisions are hard to make, but if you let the idea of change scare you into committing the change, you could be wasting so much time um, and you don't even realize it. You know, whether it be a relationship, whether it be a job, you know, a, a friendship, you know, if you're tied to something and it's not fulfilling you, mm-hmm. it's wasted time, um, in my opinion. And, and ultimately, all we have is time. We, we are not guaranteed tomorrow. We are not guaranteed today. So what are you going to do with your time? What is most important to you to invest your time into? Um, and if you know that something is not delivering what it needs to to you anymore, it is time to make the decision to explore what else is out there. And I hope that this episode inspires you to look inward, like Ali said, and make the changes you need to better yourself because that's all we're trying to do here. We're just trying to promote a message of betterment and and understanding that we don't all have it together, but it's okay that we don't. Um, so we hope you guys are inspired a little bit by this. We love you guys. Um, definitely tune in every single Tuesday if you're not so far, and we will talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.